Hello everyone, this is Deborah Richardson and today I am putting the AP in Happy where accounts payable teams are empowered to protect the vendor master file from fraud. This podcast will give a voice to accounts payable team members by talking about the growing reality of cyber attacks in their world and which vendor setup and vendor management techniques they can apply to protect the vendor master file from fraud. Today's podcast episode is brought to you by the Authentication, Validation, and Management Toolkit for those AP vendor maintenance teams that still have a mostly manual process and need fraud prevention at each critical step of the vendor maintenance process. Go to DebraRRichardson.com to see the authentication techniques, internal controls, best practices, and what template forms, vendor communications, and desktop procedures are included. For many accounts payable or AP vendor maintenance teams today, the vendor setup process is still fully or partially manual, and the collection of an accurate IRS Form W-9 from the vendor can be a challenge. Today, I have six scenarios where you should return an IRS Form W-9 back to the vendor for correction. And I also have a discount code to get help with collecting W-9s. So keep listening. Welcome to episode 48 six scenarios when you should return an IRS Form W-9 back to the vendor for correction. So the question is, why can it be so difficult to collect an accurate W-9 from the vendor? Well, oftentimes the point of contact at the vendor may not be the correct person that is aware of the legal structure let alone which legal entity name and tax id combination to use if there are multiple entities so for example i came from a fortune 10 company that company had over 500 different entity names and legal combinations and our tax team had a site set up so that they could identify um, and actually generate a W-9 to give to a client so that they could set our company up. But when you're on the receiving end of the W-9, we always get legal entity names and tax IDs that may not match, again, because the person that you're dealing with is not familiar with the correct structure. Now combine that with the fact that you're requiring a W-9 for vendor setup and ultimate payment. So it really becomes a checklist item that needs to be submitted. And that results in a W-9, whether it's accurate or not, to be submitted just to check that item off of the list. So yes, receiving an accurate W-9 from a vendor can be a challenge. And just real quick, let's talk about who the IRS says needs to submit a W-9 form um, to your company as the paying agent or the payer. Um, The IRS form W-9 is used by U.S. persons, and that includes U.S. citizens, resident aliens, 
and companies to certify their taxpayer identification number, their exemption from certain reporting requirements, or their backup withholding status. So how do you know when you have an invalid W-9 that needs to be sent back to the vendor? So let's now talk about those six scenarios. So the first one is when the W-9 is the wrong version. So the last revision of the IRS Form W-9 was October 2018, and hopefully everyone's using that version. Um, But unlike the IRS W-9 form, when a new version is issued, there is no six-month grace period. You must collect the new W-9 version immediately. Now, the problem with that is, is many vendors will still submit a version that has been saved or copied, and sometimes to the point where it's just illegible, versus completing um, a current, uh, the current version of the W-9 with their updated information at the time of their request. And that's what you want. But like I talked about earlier, if you have a point of contact that is not really the person that is um, that is fully aware or is responsible for the legal structure and maintaining that, they may just have collected a W-9 at a point in time, and so they just keep giving you that same one over and over again. So if that happens, definitely send it back and request a current version of the W-9 with accurate information. Now the second scenario is when the legal name and tax ID do not match IRS records. So all vendor setup processes by now should include a check against the IRS 10 matching system, either directly on the IRS site using e-services or um, through third parties such as uh, 10check.com. Now, to avoid IRS issues like B notices and potential penalties and fines from filing inaccurate legal name and tax ID combinations, or from having to file corrections, ensure that you have the correct legal name and tax ID combination before you pay your vendor. Now, the third scenario is when there is no tax ID. So if there is no tax ID, this means that your company is dealing with the wrong, again, point of contact to complete the IRS Form W-9. Send that form back and ask tactfully and professionally if there is a tax professional at the vendors that can complete the form. And just a quick note here with number two, where the legal name and tax ID do not match IRS records. And also this one, when someone submits um, a W-9 that has no tax ID, number one, yes, you are dealing with someone that doesn't know the entity and is the wrong person to fill out the W-9. But number two, you need to be suspect of everything that's on the W-9, including the legal name, because a lot of times the DBA or the name that is on the invoices, um, sometimes those folks that are, you know, just trying to submit the W-9 to check it off a list, they may use that name not being aware that it's a DBA. So you're going to check that anyway when you check against the IRS 10 matching system against the IRS records. But again, if something's wrong, if they don't submit a tax ID, you're dealing with the wrong person and also be suspect of other information on the W-9, including the legal name. 
The fourth one, you guys may not agree with me on this one. It is when the vendor provides both an EIN and an SSN on the W-9s. And the reason I included this is because many accounting systems or ERPs only have one place, one field for the tax ID that can be recorded on the vendor record. And this also serves as a control for avoiding duplicate vendors. So when a vendor is a single member LLC, for example, they can have both an EIN and an SSN. They're really only required to have an EIN when they have an employee, but they can still have it even if they don't have an employee. So you'll have some single member LLCs out there that have both the EIN and the SSN. So why is that an issue? Well, it's an issue because you don't want to set up that vendor twice, once with an EIN and once with an SSN. We all know that we get requests from existing vendors to update their information, but it doesn't always come as a request saying, here, update my vendor record, update this vendor ID. It'll come in the form, especially if you get it from internal team members, and they'll just submit the form. They won't say, you know, they won't necessarily say this is an update to an existing vendor. And so you have the potential for a team member that sets up vendors to have them use either the EIN or the SSN. And if they use the opposite one that was used the first time and they don't search for duplicates, now you may have a duplicate vendor, uh, a duplicate vendor in your ERP or accounting system. So my recommendation is to use the EIN if it matches IRS records and to request the vendor to strike out the SSN and initial or send a whole new IRS form W-9 with only the EIN populated. And another thing to consider is that collecting and storing SSNs includes a risk that can be avoided by just collecting the EINs instead where they are available. Now I talked about this in episode 47 about requiring or can you require, should you require EINs versus SSNs. Again, that is episode 47 if you want to check that out. Now, number five is when the tax classification is limited liability company or other, and the vendor did not identify a designation in the field available for them to enter. So this designation determines whether the vendor is reportable or if additional steps need to be taken. So for example, in the limited liability company, those that enter a C for a C corporation or an S for an S corporation, they are exempt from 1099 reporting. Those vendors that enter a P for partnership are reportable and they would receive a 1099. But you don't know that until they identify either with the C, the S, or the P. So you need to send that back. And it's the same thing with other. 
under other the vendor I have seen where vendors can uh, can identify themselves as a 501c um, entity and in those instances you need to verify their nonprofit status so there's additional actions that need to be taken in those tax classification fields where the vendor has to key in additional information and then that way you know what to do next so the last one, number six, is when there is no signature. Now you wanna require a signature as validation of the certifications under penalties of perjury, as stated on the W-9 form. A valid W-9 is one that has accurate information and is signed, and then is kept on file as proof of due diligence at the time of vendor setup. But it is getting easier to collect those signatures because digital signatures are acceptable as long as they are date stamped and contain other electronically validating information such as a pen. So those are the six scenarios when you must return a W-9 to the vendor. Just to recap, the first one was when the W-9 is the wrong version. The second one was when the legal name and tax ID do not match IRS records. The third one is when there is no tax ID. The fourth one is when the vendor provides both an EIN and SSN. The fifth is when the tax classification is limited liability company or other and there is no designation entered. And the sixth is when there is no signature. So hopefully I didn't miss anything. If I did, please be sure to comment on the platform that you're using to listen. And now as promised, there is a resource to help and it's called W9 Manager. So if you've ever thought of automating your W-9 collection process, W-9 Manager enables the vendor to generate a valid and complete W-9, and then it works with you to manage and track your vendor's W-9, as well as manage W-9 forms centrally and also help you determine 1099 responsibility. You can use discount code HAPPY19 to save 10%. And I will put a link to W9 Manager in the show notes, but it's w9manager.com. Couldn't be easier. Again, discount code HAPPY19, save 10%. So thanks everyone. I hope you enjoyed the 48th episode of the Putting the AP in Happy podcast where accounts payable teams are empowered to protect the vendor master file from fraud. Don't forget to check the show notes for the links mentioned in the podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, consider subscribing and writing a review of my podcast on the platform that you use to listen. Stay happy. 